0: World, what's up? What is up, world? Today, my guest will be Kate Griffiths, uh, expert makeup artist to the stars. But just before we get chatting, a quick word from our sponsors, Endless Fugitive. They make amazing casual wear that not only looks good, but feels good too. And if you use the promo code World What's Up, you'll get a 10% discount. So use that promo code and give it a go. Hello, Kate.
1: Hi, <laughs> good to see
0: Hi. you. Good to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. I mean, um, we met last week at a uh, sort of forum thing when we were talking about um what it's like to be sort of like self-employed in in this industry. We had a good chat and I thought, what a yeah. very, very interesting woman. I'd love her to come <laughs> and join me on World What's Up. So here we are today. Um yeah. let's let's start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about um uh, your early life growing up and what you wanted to be when you were a little girl
1: okay well um i grew up around near where i live actually at the moment so um in tunbridge wells in kent um so i'm about 45 minutes from london which is great for me um i kind of stayed around this area i really it's really nice here but um it's easy for me to get everywhere. I can get into London really quickly. I can get to the motorways, the M25. Um, I'm near the airport. So I've kind of hung around this area, apart from travelling, but I've always been here, and it's nice. It's, it's Do you have any
0: brothers and sisters growing up? Where did you come from Yeah, the so
1: a family of five of us, so two brothers, two sisters. Um, I'm number four. Um, yeah, and we're kind of all close. Yeah. Um, yeah, with, I I wasn't like a creative person when I was younger, and we'll probably come on to that bit. Um, so I didn't have any aspirations. I didn't want to be this. I didn't want to be that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I fell into something really boring when I uh, finished my education, um, and it kind of went from there for quite a while before I'm – before I found my true vocation, what was that? So um, I started off doing just secretarial work, not not fun, not good. Um, I had children, so that kind of changed little things. And then I went into uh, speech therapy, working with young people in primary schools in outreach, so children with language disorders. So that was really interesting, and I loved it. Um, I did that for 11 years it was uh, I loved being in the classroom um loved working with the youngsters and um just seeing such good results happen um and that sort of needing and, and enjoying being in the classroom hasn't left me actually um because I still do workshops but um yeah so that's where and then I i I reached a milestone age, um, thirty, and thought, you know what? I'm really not using. It. I think there's some creativity there, but wasn't really sure what it was. Um, anyway, I found a course that I uh, just thought, well, I'm going to do this for fun. It's um, just to just to do something different. And I took a theatrical and media makeup course for a year. And as soon as I did the special effects module, that was it. I knew my life had changed. <laughs> so um, it took a while. So I qualified. Um, I then took about four years, still in my own in my job, but um, doing whatever I could, uh, free work for anyone, just to get my a bit of a portfolio together, getting some um, experience. And it took me four years to give up my real job, my secure job, uh, my pension, all that that goes with the security of being an employed person.
0: Was that really um, scary? It,
1: yeah, at the time, yeah, because you're you're throwing away a massive part of your life and your future life. Um, and I took that plunge, and uh, it paid off. And that was twenty years ago. <laughs> so yeah. So Here did you I am. Find it
0: hard at that time when you were trying to juggle the two of them together?
1: Yeah, it was quite hard because uh, you, it's quite limiting. So, for, you know, I was in a school job, so daytimes obviously I couldn't do anything, uh, and I had younger children, so that was quite difficult. But um, I'd use weekends, evenings, I'd do local theatre. I found, um, like, indie filmmakers that I could just go and... Uh, offer my services for at the weekend so I did as much as I could and um that's what that's what I needed to do so yeah it got me to where I am really yeah
0: so sometimes it's not about just making the money it's just like getting the experience and and making the contact right
1: totally yeah I think in this because I hadn't done um I mean na- nowadays there's so much more in this field for um for anyone that wants to go into special effects or film makeup or theatrical makeup, because it's become so popular, um, every college is running it now. They run it alongside like ordinary makeup courses, but there, there's now film schools running it. There's uh, there are so many private colleges running film makeup, um, and it's become a really big career. So that's changed for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that was kind of difficult for me at the beginning, um, but you know that, that's different now.
0: Okay, well, give us an example of some of the, the, the stuff you've done and what you've worked on.
1: Okay, well, um, probably a lot of the stuff you that I've worked on, you might not have heard of because i i've made the I made the choice to stick to indie film. Um, I chose not to go and do the big features, the big studio features um that you know the big blocks blockbusters you see at the cinema purely because um i didn't want to commit six months to a year on one project um so yeah so if you look on um prime at the moment or um, netflix you'll find several i've got uh, winter skin out there um i've got i've got six coming out this year actually because we've got a bit of a Uh, catch up so you won't find any really really big titles um but quite a few um of the indie filmmakers if you go on my website you'll find all sorts of things
0: (laughs) because it's the the big features isn't that where the the money is no
1: yeah that's where the money is big time um but you have to commit and really for me at that when I Got into the business, into the industry. I I wasn't able to to commit six months to a year, traveling to Pinewood or wherever. So um, that that kind of wasn't really an option for me. And then when I discovered that actually uh, you can make a good living um, working with filmmakers, because the film industry is changing so much, and you know people are all sorts of people are making films and they're getting good budgets um and also I do live productions um you know live entertainment things like that so I don't just lim- limit myself to film um I have quite a broad spectrum of of work that I do and yeah it's enabled me to live <laughs> perfectly well for the last 20 years so I guess I'm suppose it's, like- you
0: get more variety than being stuck in one place all the time you get to try different things you meet new exactly. interesting people right
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're in a studio set, you'll probably just do a crowd makeup, and you'll do those same people for a year.
0: What, so, you would, you say, what <laughs> would you say? Would you say your most was your most enjoyable gig?
1: Um, I think makeup wise, I love being stretched. So something that's really challenging. Um, I think for makeup wise, it's got to be Winter Skin by Charlie Steeds. That was, I had to skin a body. So, this guy, the actor, was really brave. Uh, It was very cold, and we were, it was like February and snowing. And we were in a really cold place, and I had to do a full body makeup of a skinned body. It took like six hours to do um, before filming, obviously. (laughs) And then you're filming for many hours. so, yeah, that that one I loved, and it looks amazing. It looks really good. Um, and then I guess um, the more famous one you might have heard of is uh, Hugh Jackman's claws for Wolverine. I didn't do the movie. I did a promo before the last film. Uh, so I was flown out to Finland and um, had to attach his claws uh, and I wore the claws myself. So that was quite a nice one to do, yeah.
0: Oh, so you got to meet him, did you?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went out for three days. It was really good, yeah.
0: What other celebs have you been able to meet and work with?
1: Um, well, at the moment, so for about the last six six years, I've been doing um, work for Qdos Entertainment, who run all the pantos across the UK, all the big ones. So um I'm responsible for all those celebrity dames <laughs> and all the <laughs> all, the, all the, the bad guys so yeah I meet every every well we start those in about sort of October November getting them ready so um yeah um Joe Brand Paul Merton Christopher Biggins he's he's my my go-to dame. I always do his makeup. Uh, He's he's the Um,
0: classic dame in the old biggies. He is,
1: yeah. yeah. And we had a great session earlier this year with um, Matthew Kelly and um, Gary Wilmot. Um, They... They were. um, We had to to get all their day makeup for a big article for the um, Express newspaper. So it was great, just sitting in this room with the three of them in their corsets and their full day makeup, just talking. Like you know how Les Dawson used to sit there, like with his arms on his boobs. The three of them sitting there together, talking about lockdown and how awful it had been for them, and um, and and just cracking jokes. And it was great. yeah. it's, It's that that weird part of my job where you find yourself in quite bizarre situations.
0: <laughs> Speaking of lockdown, how was that for you?
1: Oh, well, very difficult. Um, obviously, like you as a freelancer um, uh, in the arts, I lost everything literally overnight. So, yeah, that was really tough. Um, so basically, I didn't work. Uh, for two years um, I did however do a couple of films um, because the film industry was allowed to continue and I had a couple of independent filmmakers that had got everything in place already um, so one of them we um, they hired a big country manor so instead of having lots of different locations they literally had this country manor and we filmed everything within there. And so we lived and worked as a bubble for two weeks. So that was really interesting. And then the other one, I actually flew out to Hungary um, and we filmed out there actually on The Witcher set um, for a a movie called Witch. It's nothing to do with Witcher. Um, So that was was nice. That was lovely going away during lockdown. Um, However, the rest of the time, everything had just disappeared. So there was no live entertainment. All my theatre work went... Um, so, yeah, that was a really tough time. However, even though it was tough, I did enjoy it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the break because I hadn't really had a break for years. Um, you know, being a freelancer, we always are like, it's, it's really hard to block out time and say, right, I'm having two weeks away or whatever. So uh, it was forced on me and I did nothing. It was great. And the weather was lovely. So garden barbecues all that sort of thing <laughs> yeah it was really nice
0: <laughs> so you've obviously traveled a lot doing this job right
1: yeah I, I travel all across the UK um so a lot of jobs are London based but um film locations can be anywhere so yeah I travel a lot so every week my I mean my mileage is horrendous um so yeah I travel all over and I filmed in Eastern Europe quite a lot because um licenses and filming out there is so cheap and easy to do so a lot of people are now shifting out there because even taking a crew out it's cheaper to film out there than pay for locations here in the UK so yeah, it's um However, the (laughs) I always get the Eastern Europe in winter jobs because uh, (laughs) I specialise in horror and making horror is better to make it in the winter than in the summer. (laughs) And we don't. Yeah, they always
0: have like those (laughs) snowy scenes, don't they? In (laughs) bleak places. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, So I'm waiting for somebody to say, "Kate, come and film in Barbados or somewhere." (laughs) But I'm still waiting. It's been twenty years, so.
0: <laughs> so, have you got um, a favourite uh, director or producer that you've worked with?
1: Um, so, I've worked with, well. I've worked with um, very famous, you know, Neil Marshall of um, Hellboy fame and um, Dog Soldiers. So, I worked with him on actually an immersive experience in London for a big drink brand. Um, so, that was really nice because you don't often if you're not doing the big studio things you don't often get the the opportunity to work with these really famous directors um however I'm I just I love the passion of independent filmmakers and directors their passion is like something else and and when you're all working as a team so I don't have anyone in particular that I'd say oh I'd love to work with them or but um just currently I'm just I've just got a film in working with Blake Ridder on a, a new movie and he's oh, going places place this big place. So, so, so,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so.
1: so, yeah, it's it's um, I, there's no one in particular I'd like to work with. Um, I, I just enjoy oh, re- working with with anyone that gives me an opportunity to be creative.
0: See, that's the thing about you say working with independence, because we when I used to have um the bar, we used to do a film like called Feast on Film. And it was oh, great because right. you because you used to get like we used to do shorts and the passion that some of those yeah. filmmakers have, it's yeah. unbelievable. They they yeah. they do it for the art and for the love of it, which they I really do. love. Some of those films are just absolutely stunning and they're not oh, and they, yeah. they stay Definitely. with you forever, you know.
1: They do. Yeah, I uh, some friends of mine started a film festival and they asked me to be on the judging panel. So it's brilliant. It was just incredible watching all these films um, and just seeing what people can produce on micro budgets. And I'm talking like just a few thousand, sometimes even a few hundred. Um, It's just amazing what people can produce, Um, you know. We're not all blessed with having millions of pounds worth of budget to go and shoot in amazing locations, but we can still put out just incredible film. Um, and that's that's what I find so so enjoyable about my job. Um and and you're all all the crew and cast are you're all the same. You're all there for that one reason to make this amazing piece of film. It's great. And it must feel it. like
0: yeah, it feels like more of a team because I've worked on a few shorts yeah. and independent films, and there's always a really good spirit, especially yeah. if it's a good script and you know you're working towards something. You, yeah, there's a really nice vibe with the crew because it's only a more intimate, smaller crew and cast. Exactly.
1: Nice. Yeah, you, yeah, you all sort of you're you're probably living together for a few days anyway, and you just get to know so many really good kind people and and we're all under a huge amount of pressure because you've only got a very small window of time to to make that film but and you're you're doing the best that you can to make it right for someone else it's not you know my name's not yeah I'm on the credits but it's not my name on that film but I want to make it the best piece for that director so yeah it's 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 a good vibe it really is
0: so what advice would you give to somebody wanting to get up get into the makeup industry
1: um be patient work really really hard I think um like the thing that I did was having to work for free at the beginning but then that's not that's not just my industry you know you you might need to do that as an intern anyway uh, if whatever industry or business you go into we all have to really put put the work in but I think really understanding that you're not going to go from doing your college course or your your university course straight into a paid gig there's it's, there's very few people that get that amazing opportunity um it it's hard and you know, we all have bills to pay and we have to live, but um you just have to re- if you're passionate about it, you'll just keep going until you get that opportunity. And people will go, Oh, that person worked really well. Um, you know, they were really part of the team, they gave everything, we'll get them back. And that's when they get the paid gig. So yeah, that's that's the thing I I guess is
0: and I suppose um, that's quite an important factor. You've got to be somebody who's easy to work with because otherwise why does anybody get it? Because a lot of people do use the same teams all the time, don't they?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, I actually read an interesting article um, recently about uh, makeup artists, special effects makeup artists, especially saying that actually, apart from being good at your job, you've got to have a really good personality. Because who wants to work with you know a misery or somebody that can't have a joke and a laugh and work under pressure without losing it? or so yeah I think personality is, is up there so um yeah that's that's all a big part of it
0: yeah, I was doing a thing, and it just reminded me there was a um, a, a makeup girl. She was very fortunate because because apparently there's there's not that many um, black makeup artists. So they they had a a special thing where they were trying to get more of them because there were so few. She sort of like got fast tracked and she was straight onto this um, ah, Netflixing yeah. as her first ever job just oh, as she finished. So that yeah. that's that is very um, there isn't that many, is there?
1: No, you're right. And I think it was the BFI who recently, um, oh God, who was the, Lenny Henry actually was behind it. Um, I think it was Lenny Henry and the BFI put out um, a big thing to, to, get more, to, to get more black makeup artists into the industry. So they did a free, um, I don't know, it was like a two month course and got placements for them. So yeah. you know it's yeah it's because yeah, I, I there's
0: been a couple it's of times really nice. I got in figure and I could see they don't really know what to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> so they just a couple of little dabs like oh you look great okay <laughs> <laughs> it's about
1: knowing skin and skin tones and colours and and everybody's skin whatever color you are works differently so yeah it's and it's about that's again I think you know age and experience helps so um I've worked I've worked with with loads of um black actors um and and it we've had great fun in fact I was watching um I don't know if you saw it uh you don't know me on it was a BBC drama four-part drama um and
0: no, so I I just that was good.
1: You need to check it out. It's really good, um, and and again, that was a, a black cast. Um, and I worked with the the main antagonist. I worked with him on his own short film. So that was really interesting to see him doing doing another big production. It was great.
0: If you could, like, go back in time to like the very young Kate and have a word with her, <laughs> what words of advice would you give her? <laughs>
1: Um believe in your own creativity and um know that being creative can pay your bills <laughs> because <laughs> I guess I came from a family where although I'm like my brothers and sisters are also really creative, none of us were really maybe it was that that back then, thought that you could make money from being creative and maybe that's still the case with a lot of people I don't know um I would hope that people are young people are, are encouraged now to 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 not give up and not think that they can't make a living out of being creative um so for me I wasn't given an opportunity to to do that um I guess things are really different now things have changed there's there's like, for instance, um, the T levels rather than A levels. So tech levels where um, you can train to be, um, you can, you know, within school, within higher education, you can do makeup, you can do technical theatre, you can do all those different things now. Whereas when I was young, that wasn't an option at all. There was just nothing. Um, so I, I guess just believe if you've got it in you, believe in yourself and um, and and know that it is possible. Um, I I actually run workshops and I do um a lot of work with young offenders and. Um, they they're kind of like they see me and they think oh god makeup you know they're not interested the minute they see the blood the gore the horror they're like wow is this a job how how do you actually get money from this and uh, I've had two young offenders actually go into the film industry from uh just doing workshop with me so it's been it's really nice and I just think that's I think yeah believe in in what you've got in you
0: how did you get into the work with the young offenders?
1: Uh, contact through so years ago. I used to work. Um, there's a. I'm not sure if it's still going. It's called Children's University. Um, so where kids can use their free time and weekends to to learn new subjects and get the opportunity. So it's free for them, and it was funded by like local councils. And it was one of my contacts through that that um, got me into working with the young offenders. So um, that was really interesting. But also I work with a lot of children within specialist units. So children with autism, um, quite severe special needs. Um, And uh, it's just amazing. Yes, they don't maybe have the patience to be able to spend an hour, sometimes not even half an hour, But it gives them that sort of um, just a little dip into something that they would never be given the opportunity to do. And I I was at one school last year um, and this lad, uh, they'd never got him to sit doing um, any kind of subject for more than 10 minutes. And he stayed with me for two hours, totally absorbed, making all sorts of cuts and bruises and things and he was just so absorbed in it it was great and I I had an email from them saying thank you so much because we've never ever had this so it's really rewarding it's lovely and that's um, again going back to my old job when I used to be in the classroom I still had that opportunity to do it by taking my workshops into uh, schools and colleges and places so
0: yeah see that's why you know like because uh, i know like you said that you, during lockdown you find you found it hard and and you didn't really get any uh, support or subsistency but no. but they forget how important all types of the arts are like what you're doing yeah. you've got somebody sitting there for two hours who who wouldn't normally i just did yeah. um uh, a project uh jungle book with autistic kids with a friend of mine up in Cheltenham, and yeah. we it's the second project we've done with them and they said that they can never get the kids to focus on anything but if you find something that can just grip their imagination
1: exactly. which we
0: did with those it takes them on a journey and they go with you they they couldn't believe how they they bought into it so yeah. that's why i can't understand why and arts aren't appreciated more when it can make such an influence on people who really need it. It's exactly. So disappointing yeah. that they don't see that as an important thing.
1: Yeah, and, and what was everyone turning to during lockdown? They were looking
0: exactly. You know,
1: everyone on their laptops, on their computers, watching people do stuff, being creative. You know, and and yeah, it's the the first um subject to have money withdrawn from you know some of the teachers that i work with they they have to scrape together their whole yearly budget just to get a workshop for those kids that's not fair no. you know if they're doing um a, a performing arts subject they need the experience of working with like actors like yourself and and people behind the scenes how else are they ever going to get that kind of knowledge Um, you know you can't just learn that from being in the classroom with one teacher it's just not going to happen
0: well I'm hoping one day that they'll realize how important it is (laughs) this is a topic that comes up over and over again when we talk to people but uh, they they, they just don't recognize it
1: no no so
0: last question yes where would you like to be and what would you like to be doing in 10 years time
1: um maybe having done a film in Barbados
0: <laughs> or somewhere <laughs> in the sun,
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. Um I guess in 10 years' time, look at me, I'm a, I'm kind of like not at the beginning of my career, so 10 years time. Um I would what I'm aiming to do, and I, I'm doing more so now, is um because I, I get a lot of work in and I can't physically do it all myself. Um, so I have a team, hashtag teamkate. Um and I kind of I it's the, the thought is that uh jobs will come in and I'll be able to get a bigger team, people working under my brand um, for me and with me. Um but maybe sitting back a little bit and not traveling so far, um who knows. <laughs> but yeah. Team K, yeah, hopefully. Mm. It's
0: so would yeah. you be taking on apprentices then?
1: I do, yeah. So I've done that for a long time. I, t- I give as many opportunities as I can to young people. I remember what it was like for me. I didn't get any of those opportunities. I guess 20 years ago, because the, it it wasn't such a big Subject area. Now, of course, you know young people are able to, to get that opportunity. Um, so, I, I've always thought, you know, to, you need to give people opportunities. So, I take on as many people as I can, even if they want to just come and shadow me for a couple of days on a film set. Um, I get people coming. If I've got a job where I know uh, I've got several assistants, but I might need extra pair of hands. Give them that opportunity. So, yeah, I do. Um, I took I took out. Um, so one of the girls that um, she was having a lot of trouble being staying within the, the education system. She was homeschooled for quite a long time, um, and her mum asked me if I would give her some um, sort of tuition one to one on on special effects when she was only 13. So I started working with her then. And um, when she was 18 last year, she came out to Hungary with me.
0: So that was really
1: nice. So yeah, it's kind of watching them uh, emerge and and become really good at what they're doing. So yeah, I, I try and give as many opportunities as I can.
0: I just, I just had a thought. I can't remember ever seeing uh, a male makeup artist. Do you ever get that?
1: Oh no, there are lots. Yeah, hmm? I have. I have one guy on my team, Leandro. He's great. Um, he's Brazilian, but lives in London now. So yeah, I, I have male, female, wh- whoever. Yeah.
0: So the goal is ten years time. Have a nice, cool team of people working under you, so you can. Uh, Maybe check out that beach in Barbados. <laughs> I suggest you go to Grenada. And if you ever want to go over there, oh, okay. Know, and I'll, 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 I'll sort you out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right, Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, thank thank you thank for you.
1: having me. It's been great to catch up again. And maybe we'll work on something together. Oh,
0: that would know. be fantastic. I'd love it.
1: Yeah, brilliant.
0: I really hope you enjoyed that interview, Kate. And if you did, check out some of the other podcasts we do in the World What's Up series and tell your friends. Have a wonderful week, and see you soon. Bye.